0: Hold on a second. The building's a fortress. Security everywhere. I mean, there's no way you're getting in and out without some serious help. Who said we had to ask for permission? So your plan is that? Okay, to break in? I think I might be able to help. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Where is this <it> <laughs> for? took a little hiatus Uh, I guess long story short the east coast fell in the ocean we all thought the west coast we all thought California would be the one that would fall in the ocean right there's that rancid song it was like let California fall into the ocean there's that tool song where he was like learn to swim like fuck all you like hipster gangster wannabes with your tattoos and Shit like that. You know that Tool song that they play on the, like, bro-rock radio station. Um, But yeah, it turns out I had to move across the country to the crater that once was Los Angeles because the East Coast was the one that fell into the sea. And so, it took me a while, but I moved to L.A. You know, it happens. Sometimes we were surprised by the need to move to L.A. And so... It took me a while to get set up. You know what I mean? You uh, you drive across the country in your fucking car. You get to L.A. And um, you gotta find a place to sleep. You gotta find, you know, a place to watch movies. And so, here we are in L.A., feeling out of practice. Feeling like I haven't done one of these podcasts in a while. And I don't know if I remember how to do it, honestly. I might be bad at this now. But luckily... Um, I was reminded That Gem and the Holograms from 2015 Is A Los Angeles movie And so I figured, you know, that you're right Like the uh, anonymous person Person who I should say Person slash replicant Although we've discussed the difference between a person and a replicant, right? There isn't really a different Replicants are people All people are not necessarily replicants Anyway Shout out to the replicant who reminded me that Gem and the Holograms is an LA movie and that that would be a good one to kind of get back in the habit of doing this shit. So, uh, that was Smoot, by the way. I don't know why I'm like protecting the confidentiality of my informants. Here we are. I watched Gem and the Holograms. I live in Los Angeles now. And you know what? Honestly, Gem and the Holograms fucking destroys, dude. This is a great movie. I saw this movie in the theater before Trump was elected president, before the great social justice war, um, with some weirdos. It was in the theater for, like, a day. Like, it did not do well. And I feel like it makes sense that it did not do well. It's not the kind of movie that does well. It's... Okay. The music in this movie is not that much like Tori Amos's music. Right? But, I feel like in order to enjoy Tori Amos you sort of have to let a lot of your defenses down. You sort of have to just give in to the fact that there's some kind of wingnut femininity going on and just like accept it and sit with the discomfort that, that like forces us to sit with in a patriarchal culture. I feel like um, this movie is like that. It's embarrassing. There's like YouTube montages. There's like a lot of like really emotionally vulnerable like adolescents in this movie talking about how like the music of Jem is really important to them and, like, makes them feel like they can go on in, like, high school in a way that is, like, so vulnerable that it's hard to watch. And, like, that's not the bulk of this movie, but that is definitely, like, a major theme in this movie. Um, like, I feel like they they made this movie very intentionally for teenage girls, right? Which, like, a lot of stuff is kind of pointed at teenage girls, but in a sort of um, like, cynical way, in kind of a bullshit way, and I feel like there's probably a degree of cynicism in this movie, for sure, and the creation of this movie, but also, like, I believe that the girls in the band, like, Jem and the Holograms, like, I believe that even if those actresses aren't necessarily teenagers, like, they look like they're teenagers. I know I was talking in the episode about I Wanna Rock, about how, like, it looked like the actual kids in that movie, or in that, uh classic film were actual teens. I feel like the girls in this movie look like actual fucking teens, dude. Like, that never happens. And maybe I've talked about this before, maybe I haven't. I feel like teenage girls becoming rock stars is, like, one of the things that I'm most interested in um, in film. And I've threatened to just do a series of Teenage Girls Become Rock Stars movies. I feel like I should do that at some point, because those are some of the best movies, but my point is just like, okay, right, like, I feel like Gem and the Holograms misses its mark in terms of, probably misses its mark in terms of being for teenage girls, right? Like, the thing that they had to navigate is that they have this beloved, like, 80s, like, toy property that they're making a movie about, right? And so, like... I feel like there is probably a kind of teenage girl who is, like, stoked for, like, nostalgia for, like, bullshit pop culture from before she was born, right? But I feel like the cool version of that in 2015 had a lot more to do with, like, Vaporwave and, like, Windows 95 than it did with, like, the previous generation's, like, kind of shitty cartoons. And so, like, this movie was probably kind of destined to fail. And I feel like they made the right decision, like, to fail, uh... Financially, not artistically, because I want to be clear, this movie succeeds as hell artistically. Um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Fucking, um... Right. They made the right decision in terms of... They were like, let's not be... Um... Like, let's not be super faithful to the source material, because who fucking cares? And I feel like that's the sort of thing that I, as someone who, like... Was like six when *Gem and the Holograms* was on, was on TV, like, and like was like supposed to be a boy, and so I had this really like intense and shameful relationship to this show, which is probably why the narrative of teenage girl becomes rock star is so resonant to me on a like, fucks me up on an emotional level in the same way that Tori Amos fucked me up on an emotional level when I was like 14. Anyway, um, they were right not to be faithful to the source material. Like they fucked around. Like *Synergy* is like basically, like, BB-8 from Star Wars Episode 7, um, in a way that, like, except, like, so fucking cute that it feels fragile and almost scary, like, that's not what Synergy was in the cartoon, Synergy was a holographic computer that, like, did magic, um, but, like, who cares, this isn't that movie, right, this is, if you want fucking a reboot to be faithful to the original boot, like... You're stupid, and you deserve to have your feelings hurt. You know what I mean? Um, so, God, I'm, I'm feeling super out of practice. What was I getting at? This movie being, like, Tori Amos, um, is one of the key points. There's, like, no male characters in this movie, really. There's, like, one guy who is the, like, um... Mandatory, like, male love interest Who's Rio, who at one point is just, like who's just, like, total babe who's, like, a couple years Older than Jem, and at one point he's just, like, getting Out of the shower, and he's got, like, a towel draped Around his waist, like, really low, and Um, it's just, like Blatantly, like, here's Something for your, like Sexuality, adolescence, you know What I mean? But otherwise there's this guy named Zipper Who, like, doesn't talk, who at one point Molly Ringwald offers him Water, cause he's in her house And he is, like Juliet Lewis's servant. Um, and Juliet Lewis is like, nah, zipper doesn't need any water, he's fine. And then there's this other guy named Brad, who is a valet for Juliet Lewis's evil music corporation, who is like this like tall, like dorky punker who's like, you gotta like, you've gotta get so her character's name is I think Erica, which is awesome because the main character's name is Jerica. Um, it's not confusing in the slightest. Um, Brad is totally like, dude, you've got to get my demo, like my band's demo, into Jerrica's hands. And his band, he's a valet, and his band is called Valet of the Damned. Um, and like, those are the male characters. I guess um, Jerrica has a dad who is dead. And the whole movie is sort of the like it's like one of the plots of the movie is the scavenger hunt that he left before he died. That like the ultimate prize of the scavenger hunt is like a holographic video of him being like, I love you like Jerrica and also my other daughters who are your sisters, who are all like different races because of why the fuck not, you know what I mean? Um, so like, The search for a dad who loves you is, like, a powerful story. The, like, becoming a rock star is also, like, a pretty great story as far as I'm concerned. Um, not really having any dudes or, like, male feelings, I feel like, is, like... Except, like, that at one point, like, Rio comes to validate Jerica as being awesome. Like, that's the only real, like, male feelings in this movie. It's interesting, right? I feel like similar to Tori Amos in this way, actually, um... There's not that much to talk about masculinity in this movie, right? I was talking to, um, to Alex about how when I first met her, I was like, "Wow, you like really care a lot about masculinity. Like, you talk about masculinity and like discourse all the time." And she was like, "Really? I kind of hate masculinity, and I'm like not actually interested in that at all." Um. And I was like, "That's weird," because I learned a lot about like, oh, stuff from her. You know what I mean? And. What I've been realizing is that, yeah, I'm also kind of, like, at a point in my life where I'm, like, I'm not that interested in masculinity, but I have so many critiques. Like, I have so much to say about it because it's so in your face all the time, right? And I feel like the flip of that, like, talking about the femininity in this movie, I, like, feel like I don't have tools for it. I feel like I know, like, like way less about how to talk about femininity in, in a movie that's for teenage girls that's got, like... You know, like, makeover montages, but also, like, power of, like, rock music and, like, you know, like, coming together as young women to be awesome, like, in a way that doesn't feel, like, kind of glib empowerment. Although, of course, this movie is fucking dorky, right? Like, it's not a story of people doing, like, serious emotional work to, like, shed their internalized, like, toxic cultural norms, right? It to some extent is is a relatively shallow story of coming to power but also um you know we have so few of those that it still feels like novel and like I don't have that many other movies to compare this to although like I said if I do do some more young women becoming rock stars movies um maybe can Kind of cobbled together a vocabulary for that shit. I also, one of the things that's interesting, like I talked about Star Wars Episode 7, whatever the fucking subtitle of Star Wars Episode 7 is. What is it? It's not a new hope. Um, the Force Awakens. Um, I feel like. Maybe I've talked about this on here before, but I feel like the thing, one of the things that made that movie so excited for, exciting for me, right, is that it is a movie about this girl who has been telling herself a story her whole life about her own powerlessness, right? Like, she, like, has to wait around and not be powerful because that is the only option that she has. And over the course of the movie, what she learns is that, like, she is not only powerful, but, like, far more powerful than she ever could have imagined, right? And, like, that's a great story, but then her, like, emotional experience of that story is that it freaks her out. Like, her eyes are bugging out. The whole fucking movie, she is so freaked out by the fact that she is powerful and, like, learning that she's powerful and that these stories that she's been telling about herself that are, like, super disempowering are not true. It's like, that is a story that I want to see. And I was thinking about that a lot during Gem and the Holograms this time, actually, because, um... I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but... Like, Jerrica's freaked out at the idea of being a pop star and kind of all that means, right? And not in, like, a punk way, right? This is not a punk movie in that sense. This is not a movie about her, like... I mean, I guess there's an evil record company that signs her to a bullshit contract that makes her alienated from her friends. Like, I guess that's, like... I don't know if there's a Bechtel test for things being punk that was, like, the, like, minimum... bare minimum to count as punk. Like, this would probably pass it, right? Right? I'm trying to think of what the joke is for, like, the, instead of, like, if the Bechdel test is about women, if, like, like who to name the punk test after that. Let's call it the Imogen test. That's me. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the music in this movie is not punk. You know, sometimes you're, like, you, like, maybe, like me, you don't always want to be listening to Kesha. Um, but when you do want to be listening to Kesha and Kesha comes on, it's, like, the best possible shit. It's just about, like, being young and, like, wanting to die because you're so excited and, like, you know what I mean? Like, all that shit is complicated because of the implicatedness of a fucking rapist also being the one who is kind of making her do that stuff. But giving her credit instead of her, like, asshole dude, right? Because Kesha could not be Kesha without Kesha. Um, my point is just the first so there's like three this the the gem and the hologram's movie is based around three performances. The first one is clearly a kesha song, right? It's all about like being young and excited to be young and it's so fucking good, dude. I like I moved across the country to the crater that once was LA and was bummed, right? Like I had to leave stuff behind and like didn't want to move and moving is always the worst and emotionally like you're in a new place and you don't have your stuff or your people and it just sucks and I kind of cried a lot while I was watching this movie. Um because like first of all the scene where they like do their first show and they do this song that sounds exactly like Kesha is like you get so pumped and then like the power goes out for no reason and then they do it as an acoustic song and the audience is flipping out and it's like so much about these like, you know, like sixteen year old girls having power and you know, we talk about metal as being about power, right? But I feel like... And, like, the aesthetics of metal and all that stuff being about power. I feel like there's something to be said for pop music being about power, too, right? I mean, maybe this is more about, like, celebrity. Um, Well, no, because it's not about celebrity. It's about that power in the moment to, like, make a bunch of people who are in the room with you, like, feel powerful, too. You know what I mean? That shit is, like, also punk. I don't know. There's probably if I had fucking eaten breakfast, I'd probably be able to come up with a more clear thesis about this shit. My point is just like, okay, that scene, the first scene, they do this song that sounds just like Kesha, right? And, um, it's amazing. And you get totally stoked and you're like crying because all you want in the world is for teenage girls to be as powerful as like douchebag, like rock star dudes. And then the second song is this like really like, she's like alienated her bandmates. Cause she had to, cause Her mom... By the way, I know I said the words Molly Ringwald and Juliette Lewis, but, like, if that didn't stop you in your tracks and make you want to see this movie, like... Fuck you. You know, um... Jem and her sister's mom is Molly Ringwald. She has a store that is failing. And so, like, Jem doesn't even... Or Jerrica doesn't even, like, sign the evil contract because she's greedy. She signs it to save her mom's store, so she's, like, ethically pure. Um... But the contract means that her, like, sisters don't get to be her band anymore. And so the second, the second song is, like, Just Gem with these people doing, like, like, ballet kind of stuff. She's wearing this, like, couture gown that's, like, super, like, it's, like, it feels like Lady Gaga. I don't know if I said that already. It feels like the first song is the Kesha song. The second song is the Lady Gaga song, where it's, like, super, like, intense, and she's sad, and there's people doing weird ballet stuff behind her. And then afterwards, she's, like, crying in the couture gown, like, curled up on a couch backstage, and I'm like, that's what I'm here for, dude. Like, (laughs) that is... I have whatever anyway that's fucking tight I'm here for that and um I feel like I'm here for that might be appropriate for me to say I feel like I might have got that from black twitter sorry um anyway it's fucking great dude I you feel I felt so sad while she was singing that and then she like gets back together with her sisters and like the last song that they do kind of sucks I don't know who it's supposed to be um, it's supposed to be the triumphant song and they should have just done the first song again, but, um, what else can I tell you about this movie? I feel like there's a lot more to say. Uh, maybe not actually, maybe this movie just rules and you should see it. I mean, um, Juliette Lewis just like fucking like chews up the scenery everywhere she goes. She's so good. She's wearing like the skinniest skinny jeans and stilettos and is this like, I don't give a fuck about you record executive in this way where you're like you know in a movie that was about a dude band you'd be like this is misogynist but in a movie where there's like not really any male characters it's like oh no this is the best thing that I've ever seen like you are a great antagonist for our like you know heroic young women and their put upon mom um so maybe that's it maybe this is a short one maybe I succeeded in making a relatively short episode of this podcast as I work to dip my toes back in these waters I don't know man what's up from the remains of the west coast see ya alright truck that's a dick holes that's it Image Benny on Twitter, this song is by people watching, that other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. What's gonna keep me from waiting on it out? See ya. Straight have to rubber.